Thanks for tuning into Journey. Everyone is welcome at the table. We are a community being shaped by Jesus, experiencing and practicing humility, curiosity, belonging, and generosity. We hope to be a people who embrace the way of Jesus by listening first, speaking second, loving freely, and giving generously. Well, hi. <laughs> I'm Susie, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm delighted to be here with you this morning. Uh, yeah, two, please. Um, if you are new with us or if you're visiting us today, we want to welcome you especially. And we are a community that places a really high value on hospitality. We think that everyone is welcome at the table of Jesus. And so we try our best to emulate the same thing as in the ways that we do community. And so we practice that by um, every week we receive communion here together as a way of coming to Jesus' table, knowing that we're fully loved and fully welcome exactly as we are. And then once a month, we do this thing called the table where we gather in people's houses and we have dinner together all around the cities in Middle Tennessee. This month, because it's December and it's cray-cray for most people, we're taking a break from the table, but we encourage you to continue getting together, invite people to your home, invite people out to coffee that you've met throughout the year, and practice that hospitality on your own. But the two corporate ways of expression of hospitality that we're doing together this month is through Mission 615, which um, there's a table as soon as you walk out the store there'll be a table on your left and you can grab a tag and provide a gift for a child who's 12 years old and up there are gift ideas on the table um, but you can provide a gift for a child that is underserved in our area and we're going to deliver those gifts to them sometime in December if you if you bring the gifts by the 11th that would be great and then the second expression of hospitality that we're practicing is through Room in the Inn. And we did our first winter shelter this last Monday night, and I want to show you a picture. Oh, there it is. Um, <clears throat> this gathering space on Monday night turned into literally a sanctuary for 12 guests that we hosted to keep them out of the elements of the cold for one night. So we had beds set up over here with air mattresses and bedding and everything, and then on this side we had tables and a full Thanksgiving spread for them, and we had a bunch of people from our community, families, kids came and we set it all up, we served them, and it was, I think, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I think it might be my favorite thing we've ever done. It was so, so sweet to be able to, to do that and to have dinner with these guys that are just like all of us and hear their stories and, um, and just really give them an actual like night of blessing. So um, we're doing that all winter long, the third Monday of every month. We're doing it in December, right before Christmas, January, February, and March. So we want to encourage you to sign up, sign up with friends, sign up with family. It's a very family-friendly thing to do, and there's lots of ways that you can participate, even if, it, if you can't stay, then stay overnight or stay for the dinner. There's lots of ways that you can participate. So 
And then um, two more things real quick. We are having a baptism on the 11th. So if you've not been baptized or if you'd like to be baptized again for whatever reason, um, we're doing a baptism on Sunday, December 11th. So you can go on our website for that. And it's family weekend. So we're welcoming all of our elementary age kids that are here with us this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you need a uh, wonder kit, they're also in the in the outside area. And parents, you received an email, you should have received an email this week inviting you to participate with us in um, serving our kids either once a month or a sub. If you have any questions about that, you can see Claire over in the lobby. So, are we good? We got everything? Okay. So, Today, um, we've been in this series in the book of Revelation, and it's been, Revelation has been the source of lots of fear and anxiety. There was actually an article that I read recently on rapture anxiety, which is an actual thing that people have when they grow up in the church. Um, So it's been this cause of much fear, and what we've been doing as a community is we've been trying to reclaim it from fear and receive the book of Revelation in the way that it was intended. And it was intended, it was written by John on the island of Patmos, intended to produce hope in a community of people who were experiencing oppression and suffering and persecution. It was designed to produce hope and faithfulness to God. So that's what we've been trying to to reclaim. And What Revelation tells us that we kind of touched on a little bit last week is that the people of God have two primary, very important ways that assist us in cultivating this kind of hope. And it can be found in Revelation 12, verse 11. It says, they, our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted and, and struggling and oppressed and defeated, all those things, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So two primary things that we have that help us cultivate hope are the blood of the lamb, the shed blood of Jesus who willingly gave his life on the cross and died and rose on the third day and the word of our testimony. There is power in the word of our testimony. So today, rather than do a full-on normal teaching that we normally do, which I'm not going to normally teach the way Mike normally teaches, we're taking a moment of Selah. Um, In the Bible, the word Selah means rest, It can mean interlude, a change in direction. It's used in the Psalms a lot, and it's it's used in worship as a way of, of stopping and taking a breath and maybe even silence and allowing our souls to sing, allowing our hearts to praise God for that which we've just encountered. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to... I want to talk about hope today and what it means to cultivate hope. And I'd like to talk about that for a few minutes because I think for some of us, we might need to frame it or reframe it differently than the way we normally think of hope. And then I'm going to invite Kenji to come up and share with us um, his story of hope, the word of his testimony. 
Then we're going to have a chance to respond again with music and, and receiving the Lord's Supper. And then we're going to open it up and share the word of our testimony together. We're going to open it up to anyone in the room that wants to share because there is so much power in cultivating hope when we speak out the things of God, the things we're thankful for, the ways that God has been faithful to us, and there's power in hearing it being told to each other. Hope begets hope. Does that make sense? So... Um, if you're watching online, we would love for you to text in the word of your testimony because you are also a part of our community, whether you're locally watching online or in all the other places where people watch online. So we want you to participate as well. So like Tim said, and like you didn't know, it's Thanksgiving weekend, right? So that's a question that we ask a lot during Thanksgiving weekend. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? And that's a great thing. And I love how Tim said we want to get underneath the thing like six or seven layers deep of what we're thankful for because I believe that thankfulness and gratitude is the doorway to hope. A lot of times if, you're in, if you go to counseling and therapy and you're in a season where you're particularly feeling hopeless, the advice given is always make a list of things you're thankful for. Keep a gratitude journal because cultivating or listing the things that we're thankful for and practicing gratitude actually is one way of cultivating hope. So right now, wherever you're, you are online or as you're sitting or if you're in the lobby somewhere, I want you to close your eyes for just a moment and take a Selah deep breath in and a deep exhale out. Get all the air out of your body and notice how you feel. When you think of hope, what comes to mind? There are two words, you can open your eyes, there are two words that the Bible uses that translate into our English word hope. They are kava, starts with a Q, and yachal, Y-A-K-H-A-L. And both of those words are translated to wait for. They both mean to wait for, so hope means to wait. There's an actual literal definition of, of the word kava that, that means cord. So when you think about a cord, you, when you pull a cord together, there's tension until you release it. And what do we say often when we're feeling hopeless or depressed or sad? We say that we're the, at the end of our rope, right? And we feel untethered and not connected to God often. That's a normal feeling when we're, when we're feeling down. So today, if you are struggling with kava, if you are struggling with hope, in addition to talking with someone and asking for help, may I invite you to add to your spiritual practices a reading through the Psalms. Because this word hope is used over 40 times in the Psalms. Psalm 130 says this, beginning in verse 5, it says, I wait, I kava for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, all of us, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Hope implies waiting. 
and it implies patience, right? Think about times where you have felt hopeful. When we're feeling hopeful, we're anticipating a better future than what we're experiencing now in the present. Or maybe when you have felt hopeless, we are doubtful or reluctant to believe that that which we are expecting will actually be fulfilled. So if you've been with us the last few weeks, we're beginning to understand that the book of Revelation is meant to cultivate hope and faithfulness to Jesus. And it's in our anticipation of his return and setting things right again that we're meant to place that emphasis on him and not on our circumstances. So the Bible Project, if you ever go on the Bible Project, they have lots of really great videos and teachings on the Bible. And this is what they say about hope. Hope is different from optimism. I think a lot of times when we think about hope, we think about optimism. Optimism, bless you, is choosing to believe your circumstances will work out for the best. Biblical hope recognizes that there's no evidence that things are going to get better, but you choose to hope anyway. Hope isn't focused on circumstances. So how is hope cultivated? If it's not focused on circumstances, how is it cultivated? It's cultivated by bearing witness, the word of our testimony, by bearing witness to God's faithfulness. Lamentations tells it to us this way in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall, I, I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind. Hope calls to mind. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. This kind of hope, this kind of waiting is not something that just happens passively. Our hope is in Jesus and his sufficiency and we are invited to cultivate hope with Jesus in ourselves for the sake of others. When you look at hope in the Bible in all different and in, in lots of different places, it's usually attached to some kind of action. Romans 12:12, 12, 12, be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction and patient in prayer, faithful in prayer. Isaiah 40:31 says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run. They will not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. It requires walking, running. Hebrews 10:23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So, how do we hold on to hope? What is the word of our testimony? The question that we have today is, how has God been faithful to you? And I think by sharing that, how have you experienced God's faithfulness? By sharing that with each other, we can help cultivate hope among us today. Today is also the first Sunday of Advent. And if you're a person who practices Advent in your spiritual practices, the focus of the first Sunday of Advent is hope. And it's the hope fulfilled in the coming of Jesus and his birth over 2,000 years ago. And it's the hope that he's coming again to set things right and well with us. 
And so today we have hope and we cultivate hope. I want to invite Kenji up here. Um, Kenji's been a part of our community now for a year, him and Jen. And he, yeah, you need the microphone. Um, Kenji and his family have been coming for over a year, I would say, and they have cute little kids. Kenji is, if you've not been to Soy Bistro, you should go to Soy Bistro for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's not what this is for, but it is really good, and we love food in this church, so it's, it's a thing. <laughs> um, but I wanted Kenji to share with us this morning because he's the kind of person that exudes hope. And even though like life's been really hard for you in the last few years, yes, there's still something about you that really cultivates, it has cultivated hope in me and those of us who have become friends with you. So why don't you tell everyone just briefly what this year has been like for you? Um, so I think it's very important to say that I am a recovering addict and uh, through this I've, uh, it has brought me to God. It's brought me to journey. It's brought me to God. It's brought me closer to my wife. Um, it's helped me understand that I don't have to uh, take on everything. Um, I had all these man rules and all these things uh, that I, that I, you know, wanted to like persevere through and really thought I could. Um, so I was doing my will, and I, I just truly believed I. I would fight through all of it. And on paper, I get everything I want. If I wrote it down, I have, I would get married in 2019. We have twins, um, Ezra and Noel. And, and then I buy a restaurant that I love that we talked about, Soy Bistro. And, and it's something that I got to, you know, st start something special. So we, we have a lot of, um, high school kids that work there a lot. So I have like 20 something on payroll. It's just, it's been such a blessing, so fun, but it was just a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, there were times it was just, all of it was just, and I just didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't want to seem weak. How um, long ago was this? Um, so I checked into Cumberland, um, and I didn't hit rock bottom, guys, but I, I could see it, you know, I felt it. And so that was June 14th of last year. Um, and, and it, you know, it was the first time I've had all of these receipts that God has been, that exist, not even in my life, so it exists. I knew it existed and where it was around and prevalent in, in people's lives and people that were close to me. Um, but when I went and come, it was the first time. That's a rehab. A rehab center, mm -hmm. a wonderful rehab, wonderful rehab center. Um, it's the first time I asked God to reveal himself. I, he, it had to happen. So and, you're in rehab and yeah. you're asking God to avail himself before, to you. Before, you know, um, a little before I was going to, going to some AA meetings, but it just wasn't mm -hmm. working. Mm -hmm. I needed something yeah. deeper, uh, something not more meaningful. It's all, all of it's meaningful, but for me, I was, I was just searching a little, little more. So before I went in, when I was talking to my counselor, I, I said it out loud now, so I say Quietly, I wasn't praying at that time, I was, even though I knew the, the power of prayer through recovering addicts, mm -hmm. that I was meeting in AA. But I needed this, I just needed this. So I say it quietly to myself, like I did everything else. And then I go in and I have a counselor ask, what do you want from this place? 
And that's what I told her. I said, I, I, I need, I wasn't saying I hope, I wasn't saying, I was like, I need to see God. Mm. And, and it started out, <laughs> in my head, a disaster. I was supposed to be there for 30 days. I, you know, for medical reasons, because I didn't need to detox like others did. My, me, my own insurance was like, no, we're, you don't need to be in there for that long, because it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So 30 days turned into a week. Um, but I was able to, you know, not just wasn't, of course, in my head, uh, you know, being an addict, I take everything to the next level. So I was like, I'm not going to get anything out of this. So I've already forgotten what I was there for. A week, you know, instead of looking at a week. Anyway, I talked to my wife and, you know, we decided, okay, we can afford to pay yeah. for another week. So, you know, I'm still kind of mad about the whole thing that I was, you know, of course, I, my expectation was that I needed a month. I needed a month. Why would they recommend 30 days? And I get the whole thing. I'm, I'm very, you know, going into that, I prejudge everything. I kind of look at people and size them up and go into the auditorium, kind of like this. And I, people are naming off their groups, their houses. There's four in there. And I'm, you know, and I'm going to be assigned to one of them. And so I see this one house, you know, doing it. And I'm just like, I can't be a part of that one. A lot of younger I just, just, uh, I was like, people that's, not like you. Right. <laughs> that's it. That is exactly it. That I thought were yeah. like me. That's yeah. what I thought. On the and appearance. So, yeah. And of course, I get put in that that's house. That's the house. I get of put course. in that house, and I am friends with so many of them that's to this awesome. day. But more importantly, I got put into a room with a pastor Aww. who was battling an addiction. And I talked to him to this day. That's cool. Yeah. So you found God. God I, availed himself to you in the did. place where you didn't expect it. Well, I, no, yeah, you're right. I think mm -hmm. it was because of the two-week period and all that. I, yeah. I didn't expect it. I was like, okay, well, yeah. I guess this isn't going to be it. Yeah. And so I, it, was, uh, it felt like a bummer to me. But I'll tell you, when he started revealing mm -hmm. what he's done for me, if I would just open my eyes with new lenses and just look mm -hmm. and take it in, I, I took that 14 days and said, I'm going to get the most out of this. Yeah. And what I noticed was for some that are in there, 30 days isn't enough or 30 mm -hmm. days seems almost like repetitive, too repetitive for them. And so for these 14 days, I got to yeah. just soak it all in. And I just, I, you know, walked out having a, a better understanding mm -hmm. of all the options I had. Yeah. And, you know, to this day, I'm, I'm taking full advantage. But with that, you know, it's, it's, it's brought me to journey. I was coming here before the renovation, and I was just coming here to be seen. Yeah. I knew there were guests from Soy. I'm not going to lie. I came here to, like, be seen and, you know. Schmoozing it up. I was. I, was, I, dude, I have imposter syndrome. That's why it's so hard for me to be up here now. I don't feel like an imposter, but I know it too well. Yeah. I know what imposter syndrome feels like. I know. Well, okay, so you, this was a year ago, <clears throat> yeah. rehab for 14 days, yeah. and you still, I mean, we, we talked about this last week, like, if I ask the question just simple, like, what are you hoping for, it's really easy every day to say, I hope I stay, stay sober, sober, right? right? But there's more to it than that, right? A way more. So talk about that a little bit with us. Like, what, what well, are you hoping for? Yeah, so when you presented it, I had to, I had to break it down in my mind because I was, you know, I, was, I, didn't, I was like, well, it sounds so, and I'm trying to get away from this, individualistic. I was like, I hope I stay sober. I hope, um, which more sounds like a, a big kid doing a wish, or, mm -hmm. you know, and it's been more than that. And I do it when I write them on little papers and have you guys pray for it. But it's because it's, hope's different because it's, I'm doing it with Jesus now. Yeah. I'm not alone when I ask 
you know, so I don't necessarily say I hope I stay sober today. Which isn't a bad thing. No, of course no. not. But there's got to be, you know, for me especially, there has to be more to it. So mm -hmm. it's what has led me to abusing, needing to abuse yeah. things to get out of my own skin, to, you know, get out of my own mind. Well, it's, it's the wrestling I do, mm. prejudging people, expectations, not thinking I'm good enough. Yeah. Um, imposter syndrome, all these things. Um, so now I ask them in a deeper way, you know, I hope I can recognize. I hope I can see you for um, who you are. Yeah. I hope I can. So hope is more about presence for you right now. Definitely. Because, yeah. And how? Yeah, because how, he's present in my life. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not just me saying it anymore. It's, yeah. it's knowing that I'm doing it with, or mm -hmm. he's doing it with me. So how have you how have you experienced his faithfulness to you in that um, hope? You know, coming out of Cumberland, again, I still had all these judgments, but from from last year of June, finding you know finding a home group um, for AA, uh, finding a sponsor that preaches God, you know. Um, and it's just very, very present when I need him. Mm. This church, huge. I mean, Tim, Timmons, like the table, I'm, you gotta do it. If you haven't done it, it's so important. But he invited me um, to, to join because two people just, I think I got sick, they fell out anyway. And it's just one of those things, everything just kept lining up. Like, mm -hmm. so God's faithfulness asked my wife and me to be there. Yeah. Um, we could easily have said, you know, we're just uncomfortable and yeah. it was so new. Everything was so new, but we're there and we've met good, you know, people I say hi to here, but I got Tim opened up. I thought Tim was perfect, you know, and he's telling me how he's, he's wrestling. Not. Oh, I know. I know now. <laughs> <laughs> so know now, but he's, there's no doubt how good of a person he yeah. is. And so he was saying just how honest he was about, like, I'm 90% sure God is for me. And that's just an mm -hmm. honest, like, I've yeah. never heard that before. And then coming here and hearing Mike talk, hearing Kevin talk, having you share this openness. I'm not kidding, man. I listen to these podcasts, though. I've gone, you know, chronological order. Those help. You're the dear listener. I am. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I know more than I should know, but it's great because the way you guys present it has opened up yeah. my heart and made it easier for me to, to get to know you instead of just thinking this. Yeah. A church as like a four wall, you know what I mean, where people gather. I now see a church as a fellowship. So faith means something different to me. Yeah. Right? It's not individualistic. It's I'm faithful Shared. because of you guys. Yeah. I'm faithful because of this church. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing their, your presence every day. The, the one I told my wife about that um, she wasn't able to make was when I think Jen, Jen Radler she, from Kenya. And I was like, I go home and I was yeah. like, we gotta buy this book. Like yeah. all of it. That I've never seen something like this. Mm -hmm. I've seen an AA, mm -hmm. but I hadn't seen it at a church. And you know, at that point we had been, my wife and I had been kind of bouncing around churches. Yeah. So um, what I hear are three things. Yeah. I hear um, when, when the, to the question, what's giving you hope and what, how have you experienced God's faithfulness? I heard you say make, making yourself available to God asking God to avail himself to you, right? So presence, yes. 
And I mean, which includes prayer. I hasten that. Yeah. You know, I would, you know, feel uncomfortable. I'd pray. My wife prays you know, every night, and I was, you know, I'd find times to do it, but it's it's now a daily routine, and I love it. And community. Definitely community. Like recognizing. Being with people. One hundred percent. Being with people that. Yeah, that normally I wouldn't say. I'm not saying I wouldn't say hi to, but you know, I just. Yeah, and well, so I, mean, I don't think they the want to say hi to me. But I'm that's like, the third wanna... thing. That's honesty, right? Showing up as who you are. Yes. And like what you experienced at Tim's table was honesty. Hundred percent. Right. And 100%. showing up true. It all has. It all has. Knowing just... that you're loved. I feel very loved. <laughs> I do. I feel very loved. So I, good. you know, I still wrestle with a lot of things, yeah. but I know. I'll, you know, I like myself a lot today, yeah. and that helps. Like, I can't just say I love myself today because this is still so new, you guys. So I kind of still, you know, yeah. I don't feel like an imposter. I know this is real. I'm, I could talk all day about God, but I think right now what I love is how you just said, you know, hope is to wait. Yeah. A lot of times when I would say I hope for something, I had an expectation and a timetable for it. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying wait, you can actually see the beauty when you just sit back yeah. and wait for something. If you really believe, if you're really asking Jesus, to, mm -hmm. you know, for what you're hoping for. Yeah. Um, like really asking, not just, then, then the waiting period is actually vital. Yeah. It's there's, vital there's to There's stuff grow. that happens in that waiting period. And you guys, I mean, to, to know that Jesus has always been there, but at 43, he's like, you have to. sorry, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, very involved mm -hmm. and, you know, it's it's like a best friend you haven't talked to in a long time. You know, I'm from Seattle, so they're friends. I I don't talk. I've talked to once a year, but when yeah. we talk, it's not like why I mean you called. Yeah. You just pick up. That's awesome. Where you left off. Thank you, Kenji. Yeah. I'm like, can we give so Kenji a hand? You can hold that. I gotta, I gotta do this again. No, you're gonna run it. Later. Yeah.